0: It's Wednesday, November 1st, 2017, and Keith, a happy homecoming for Maryland fans, a win for football, and a comfort behind win at that.
1: Incredibly resiliency from that group. They lost three straight going into it, and they started the game down 14 to nothing. but to, to come back on homecoming was just tremendous. Darnell Savage, he really sparked the Terps in that game, down 14-0 intercepts that pass sets up Lorenzo Harrison for his first touchdown of the season and then he made that huge special teams play that block block huge. of the punt returns it for a touchdown and you know what it was a game where Indiana outgained them him on offense maybe was the sharper team on that side of the ball but special teams defense late was really what would catapult to the Turps to victory
0: yeah they did really everything right on special teams in all facets you had Javon Leek's return um, in the second half. You had Wade Lees' punt. A great punt. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oy, Unbelievable. Oy, oy. Uh, uh, he celebrated like he'd won the Super
1: Bowl. But in a crucial situation, he huge punts situation. It, gets it inside the five for Indiana's last drive, and, and they had to go pretty much the distance of the field uh, to, in order to, to beat the Maryland in that
0: game and, and weren't able to do it. Absolutely. And you have to also give credit to Jake Funk on those late touchdowns. Look, Maryland hasn't necessarily had, you know, all the success just punching it in in those goal line situations. You know that sometimes that the way they do, they do the running game with the options and trying to get outside, you can't get in. and Jake Funk punch both those touchdowns, is but going back to Darnell Savage, I think he's been a guy that's been a little overlooked on that Maryland defense. We've talked a lot about our guy Antoine Brooks. A lot about our guy, Josh Woods, different guys. Jermaine Carter gets a lot of um, press. But Darnold Savage has been very, very consistent the entire season. And that pick was huge because I think when Indiana went 14 nothing, the energy was fully out of the stadium. And for him to get that interception and set up that first Maryland touchdown, Lolo Harrison, I mean, it totally changes the game. I mean, I know you and I were sitting next to each other for the game, Keith, and it felt like just a punch in the gut from Indiana, and just maybe this Maryland team just didn't have it for the season. You know, maybe this was just going to be the end. And they picked themselves off the mat, as they say, um, and really got back into this game and, and sets them up for now a crucial game against Rutgers as Maryland continues to sort of scrape towards bowl eligibility, try to get that fifth win this weekend, getting against a team In Rutgers, that I think a lot of Maryland fans would say, you got to win that one
1: you know absolutely and it's a team that's won two out of its last three you know beating Illinois and Purdue in Big Ten play before falling to, to Michigan last weekend and, and you know a key to the game is going to be the play of Max Bortenschlager who started a little slow against Indiana had that pick in the first quarter but I, I really think he bounced back well made the throws he had to throw uh, an absolute strike to, to Jermaine uh, excuse me to DJ Moore going up to make the who grab, else would it airborne. really be <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> obviously obviously DJ Moore kind of saving that drive and making some some crucial plays but you know, obviously Maryland will need uh, the, the play of Max Bordenschlager again this weekend and you know Ty Johnson, the guy who last year, he ran for 168 yards uh, on the ground against Rutgers and, and then um, you know, he only needs 82 rushing yards, Taylor. 82 to reach 2,000 for his career. He'd just be the 13th player in Maryland history to do so. Not too bad for a kid who had to write letters to schools to get noticed.
0: Absolutely, we'll talk to him about that later. Really an amazing story for him to get here um, from a small town in western Maryland and, and is really an ex- explosive running back that we talked about all year. Then let's just quickly get it out of the way. DJ Moore played well. A little bit more than well, if you ask me. Well, I just feel like every week he plays well, so you just <laughs> say DJ Moore was great. I think everyone sees that he's great. He's an amazing player, and, and, and yeah, I yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about him. He's just awesome.
1: Got to shout out Tavon Jacobs as well. Yep. Uh, I think his third straight third game, consecutive game with a touchdown, right? The touchdown. Yeah. Correct. A great yeah, play yeah, from him. He's,
0: and- he's been very, very good. And and, it, and the Terps could use him as a compliment more because the coverage is just going to continue to shift to the other side of the field. And that's going to give people like Tavon... Jaquiel Vay, who we haven't seen a ton from this year, DJ Turner, Jarvis Davenport, who's been getting some more snaps, and it's going to open lanes for that running game as well and um, for the running backs to get a little bit of action in the passing game, so... Maryland's other receivers, and even those tight ends that have not really been used at all this season, have to look at what D.J. Moore's doing and see that defenses, I mean, R- I mean Ruckers, if you're Ruckers in the Maryland passing game, that's the guy you have to shut down, you can't let him beat you, and if Maryland's other receivers can capitalize on that, um, it's going to make the Maryland offense that hard, much harder to stop.
1: Yeah, and these Ruckers and Maryland games, they've been historically pretty fun. ton of points, terms of average, I think 13 points in three meetings in, in conference play uh, you know, between Ruckers and another milestone on the defensive side of the ball jermaine carter he needs eight tackles for 300 career tackles as a terp be the first terp to do so since demetrius hartsfield in 2012 so just a, a great model of consistency and anchor for that defensive unit and terps will need him again this weekend
0: yeah the terps as you say averaging 39 points um in those three meetings in conference play and and have done a great job offensively against a Rutgers team and and we talked about earlier keith all, off air um this is, a, you know, Chris Ash and DJ Durkin in a very similar situation coming into this packed Big Ten East trying to rebuild programs, we were talking about it in comparison to what Scott Frost is doing at UCF, who the Terps played earlier, going to a program as a first-year head coach where you don't have to play the type of opposition each year, and you can kind of catapult yourself to maybe that next thing. DJ Durkin and Chris Ash took on maybe the hardest thing you can do, coming into two programs that have lost a lot of games lately against the elite of the elite. I mean, you watch that Ohio State-Penn State game on Saturday, and those are two of the best five teams in college football. Michigan's quality, Michigan State has shown that they're obviously very, very good, and And Indiana, as we saw this weekend, not going to go away. So, Rutgers and Maryland are measuring six to each other. I know Maryland fans would like to, you know, obviously think you're ascended ahead of Rutgers, and and that's probably true. You have a better recruiting class going on right now. You have better, you know, facilities, things like that, perhaps, but you got to beat Rutgers every year if you're Maryland. That's just what you have to do, and 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 hopefully they can get it done this weekend in a game. Obviously, they got moved from Yankee Stadium now in Piscataway, so the Terps now don't have to deal with that unfamiliarity and everything like that. So um, a good job for Maryland, and, and we'll see what they can do this weekend. But we'll touch on some other Maryland sports from the weekend. And first have to talk about field hockey, who stays hot as they to the boots. straight Seven straight wins, a crazy turnaround for them. Um, and they continue to go in this Big Ten tournament this weekend.
1: Yeah, another win this past weekend, taking out Michigan State for the second time this year. They'll now advance to the Big Ten semifinals uh, versus Penn State, uh, another great team, uh, top five team ranked right now, and a team that Maryland ha- has played very closely these past few years. So we'll, we'll obviously need to bring their A game to advance to the Big Big Ten final, but six different players with at least five goals this season for Maryland, so they're showing their versatility. Led by Lane Holesboro. she's got 11 goals, 10 assists. She's playing at an all Big Ten level right now for the Terps, so uh, they'll look for a a steady presence from from her again, and then freshman Kyler Greenwald and Bodio Ghosts both in that category. They have 14 goals between them. Uh, so they'll have a strong ba- t- strong foundation down the road for years to come for Missy Maharg and her crew.
0: And hopefully they can prevent Michigan from winning another Big Ten title.
1: They've been hot. Because they le-
0: continue to win Big Ten titles. And we're trying to hold this lead. Field hockey going to have to gonna stem the tide here, hopefully. We'll see. Um, but as you said, a, a, a very a diverse set of scores. And Maryland's been a team historically that's had sort of those one or two real stars. This year it's a little bit more diverse, and they've had to adjust to that. And it seems like they've gotten it going at the right time. We moved to volleyball, had another successful weekend. Two wins added two and are sort of creeping up. On that bubble for the ncaa tournament don't look now 16-8 on the season
1: great win for them over purdue their first ever win in program history over purdue so again when we talk about steve Aird, when we talk about the rebuild process and and building maryland up to one of those top teams in the big 10 this is another stepping stone along the way taking out number 17 purdue three to two on sunday and, and they've Got another win on Friday over Indiana, but that puts them to 16 and eight on the season. They'll now finish at least 500. Um, and and it, again, it's just it, it's another great stepping stone for Steve Aird. You know, with the, the, it's the usual suspects for them: Gia Milana, erica pritchard sam drexel all playing really well and uh, will be again, again another foundation to build on for years to come
0: yeah and hopefully the terms can continue that momentum and try to get into that NCAA tournament that would be a heck of a milestone but to be able to finish at least 500 and that's something that has not happened that often in recent maryland volleyball history would be a really nice achievement as that program continues to move forward the other program we have to touch on men's soccer took a loss to Michigan on Sunday in overtime at Ludwig Field in a torrential downpour. Maryland has now dropped four straight matches after starting the season undefeated 10-0-3. Um, and, and and an interesting situation for a Maryland soccer program that hasn't lost four straight matches since 1993. How old were you in 1993, Keith? I was two years old,
1: and I'm sure that's not a fun note to look up at all.
0: No, it is not. It is not at all. But it, it has to be said, But and really just to to talk about the historical success of Maryland soccer I mean has gone through that long without losing that many games um, it's such a rarity that that I, I think those guys are you know sort of surprises even happening to a certain extent but dropped that game against Mission again that made them the fourth seed in the Big Ten tournament if the Terps had won that game they would have won the Big Ten tournament outright so had it all to play for there an overtime goal goes in there were some signs of life there for Maryland during that game DJ Reeves played a good game scored a goal and, and looked Uh, dangerous. Uh, Head coach He changed the formation a little bit, and the Terps looked a little bit more dangerous offensively, but they have had some injuries. Center back Donovan Pines was out for that one. Chase Gaspar is still on the back line, so they're sorting things in that. It's just sort of been a a combination of effects that I think has caused this losing streak, but they had the chance to get right back on the horse this weekend. Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament with the 5C. They played a crazy match that we talked about a couple weeks ago, 5-4. Yeah. to four. That was Maryland's last win, and Sasha Serovsky's 400th win, so they'd like to repeat that on Sunday, try to get back on track, because you still have everything to play for. You have a Big Ten tournament title to play for in the NCAA tournament.
1: And, and gotta shout out the play of Dane St. Clair. Had a couple of fantastic Guy's saves amazing. in that game. He, he, you know, late to, to extend it to overtime. Um, he's still playing really well and, and should be commended for it.
0: Yeah, the guy is absolutely incredible and, and has really matured into one of in Maryland's only one of their best players, but also a vocal leader. He, he did it, was out of practice today and was just really commanding the guys to play at a certain level um, that they really need to expect to go to the postseason. Keith, I think we should make a special mention of the Cars Country team, who had their best finish ever in a Big Ten championship. Absolutely,
1: and they were led by an all-Big Ten performer, Alexander, luckily the senior, uh, able to, to put together a 12 I think finish. one of the
0: more unsung very good Maryland athletes that nobody knows about. It's just consistent from cross-country to indoor track to outdoor track. She's awesome. She's really, really good. Yeah, a, a couple
1: of years ago, she had you know one of the craziest runs to the NCAA championship you'll ever see very quickly in the NCAA regional. 48 student athletes make it for each event. She makes it in the 1500. Goes in as the number 44 seed overall. She eventually moves up top 12, make it out of your region, to the NCAA championships, moves up from that 44 seed, to the getting that final seed number twelve in the East Region enables you know to, to make it to her first ever NCAA championship. So it just goes to show you know the type of student athlete she is, the type of runner she is, and it was great to see her you know garner all Big Ten honors this past weekend. Yeah,
0: another step as that program tries to um, continue to climb in the Big Ten. Big Ten actually a very good cross country conference which I don't think a lot of people would know. Good good at the top. Michigan took home both the men's and women's titles um, as we talked about their title run. They won three Big Ten titles on Sunday, so a crazy day for them. But good job by the Maryland uh cross-country program as they continue to develop But we'll get to our interviews this week and we had two football players one past one present we started with Yannick Ngakwe who we got on Saturday at the game and and he was back on his bye week with the Jacksonville Jaguars we talked to him about a lot of different things sort of who he's seen this week that he really really likes um in terms of how they've developed he talked about our guy Josh Woods a little bit and then just what's going on down there in Jacksonville how good that defense is it was fun to catch up with him right? Saxonville it's a a heck of a place to go. I'd rather go to Saxonville than Jacksonville. That's right. Maybe. I don't know. But then we get Ty Johnson um, um, going into the the game against Rutgers, and we talked to Ty about a lot of different things. Ty, it's a heck of a story, as we talked about earlier. Uh, coming from Cumberland, Maryland, coming down here, Western Maryland, a place I don't think people know about, has very, very good football. And Ty is really a superstar there, a celebrity in, the, in that town, and, and does a great job. And we also talked to him a little about his offensive line who's you know looks at themselves they, in the mirror they, they who eats all, the
1: most they do all the dirty work they man. do all the
0: dirty work ty gives up some credit and we got to give credit to ty for giving us a great interview so let's get to both of them we're back here on hear the turtle live from the maryland stadium press box with the man himself yannick Ngakwe. thanks for joining us appreciate you having me. first of all what is going on in Jacksonville right now? Every time I watch Red Zone, we go to Jacksonville where there's another sack. We go to Jacksonville where there's another forced fumble. You guys are just getting after the quarterback, and you're one of the main reasons why. What has been the mentality change for you guys
2: this year? It's just the standard that we're trying to keep into the locker room. Uh, we preach that every day. Our defense, uh, from the from the front to the back seven, we just have a lot of guys that's that's hungry. That's trying to make a lot of plays. So that's that's the results you get when you, uh, you got 11 guys hit hunting. What
0: is it like for you? Obviously, you're a really good pass rusher here at Maryland, but now in the league, you've seemed to even taken that next step. What has been that process like since you got drafted to where you're one of the best pass rushers in the NFL right now?
2: Keeping, keeping my chip on my shoulder. Uh, basically, seeing the guys that went in front of me in the draft, uh, I, felt, I felt like uh, it was a lot on me uh, seeing that because I knew what I, was, what I was able to do and what I was capable of doing, and I feel like I'm showing that right now, but I just want to take it to the next level and just gain the respect from everybody in the league. Now, unique coming out of the draft, what did you really focus
1: on? What did you really want to improve on from your time going from college to the NFL?
2: I mean, a lot of people, they talk about my run game, so I really wanted to, you know, really perfect that and shut that down. I feel like I've been doing a great job of uh, just trying to hold the point. Um, Sending the edge against the runners uh just being about uh, being unselfish and letting the, the guys behind you make plays and i feel like Telma smith miles jack guys like that they're happy of uh the way i've been just trying to hold the point and make, helping those guys make plays so
0: now looking at this current maryland team you played with some of these guys when you were here at maryland and yeah. now you just watched it uh, half against indiana that was an exciting half we just Definitely. watched what has it been like for you to come back and watch these guys and what impresses you about the current group of guys right now yeah
2: like i said uh previously uh The guys, uh, Durkin's doing a great job just showing, uh, changing the attitudes of a lot of guys in the locker room. For example, Josh Woods, I came here when he was a freshman. He's a total different player now, totally different mentality, Total different attitude, man. If you get guys like that changing all around the locker room, you should have a very successful program. It's funny. We had Josh on the show last week, and he
0: talked about guys like you coming back here for homecoming and being able to show the progress he's made from then to now and all those guys wanting to really put on for you guys coming back. Yeah. What's that feel like as a, a former player to come back and watch these guys? Do you feel that sense of pride seeing guys develop
2: like that? Yeah, it's, a great, it's just great. Um, yeah, it's great it means a lot to me because uh he he actually reached out to me as well and uh for guys to look up to me coming back and just being motivational guys to get to the level i'm at it's it's a great it's a great feeling because i once was in their shoes trying to get to the next level looking up to guys like toy smith and and dexter and things of that nature so unique you've touched on it a little bit but what if you, you never got to play for dj durkin but what have, what have your
1: impressions been of him as a coach and as a leader of this maryland team so far in uh, two
2: years so uh, the number one thing is uh he he made me feel welcome to come back home anytime. The first time I met him, he was like, You you're, you're more than welcome to come back, work out anytime." And that right there is just a lot of respect uh, in itself. He, he's not, she's not uh, showing no type of uh, no type of a way of treating me differently because I was I came from the last stop. So that shows you right there. And you talk about coming home, and you're a guy that stayed home
0: and played here from the dmv and that's sort of the movement they talk about that a lot now and we talked to josh about it last week saying how cool it is to be able to see all your family in the stands when you play do you remember any moments when you were a player where you're like this is great that i can play for my state school and have you know my family and friends watch and you have a guy like jermaine carter who went to your high school you can even play with your high school teammates what's that sort of thing like
3: for
2: you yeah, it's a great feeling uh running out of the stadium and you get to see your mom and you know your family after the games. Uh, it's a great feeling. You can go back home, get a home cooked meal and stuff like that. Just try to instill the guys, like you don't have to go far to go make to, to make it to the NFL. You can you can stay back home in your backyard and do it here.
1: And now into the NFL, you're traveling, you're playing all across the country. What have been some of the best environments you have played in so far in the NFL? I would definitely
2: say New England. Um who else? Buffalo was pretty exciting. The Buffalo, they get a little rowdy out there. Definitely <laughs> and Kansas City was nice too.
0: There you go. Um We'll give you a little rapid fire we'll end it on on this what is your sort of thing you remember most finally about college park that you miss whether it be somewhere to eat some, something you guys did you know after or before games what's the thing you miss the most from
2: college here in the stadium get loud after i get a sack
0: there you go and that's still happening you're, you're still doing stuff like that what would be your, your bucket list sporting event to attend outside of football and it could be i guess it may be playing in the super bowl is probably your ultimate bucket list yeah. but something outside of that
2: attend attend uh, any sport any sport I would say uh, if Floyd came back for another fight, I definitely would want to go. That's catch a that.
0: Walt Bell, big boxing guy. Definitely. He said that that's, that's his favorite thing to see. And then and then finally, sort of just watching the first half. And you talked about Josh Woods, who's been the guy watching Maryland all season that's impressed you the most on the defensive side of the ball. You don't you
2: know you don't want to offend anybody,
0: but who's been the guy that you really impressed you besides Josh?
2: Chandler Burkett just had a sack. Yeah, Chandler Burkett. He's uh, came a long way. I remember when I was here and I was starting. He was he. Uh, Chandler had to be a fourth-string guy, and he never stopped working. He always showed his work ethic, and he never quit. He never quit. He was actually um, my my, uh, my roommate as well. So that's a guy I've seen emerge, and I'm really happy for him. Well, there you go.
0: We just got the PA that the second half is starting, so Yannick will let you go. Really appreciate you giving us you a couple me. minutes, and thanks for coming back, and we have enjoyed watching the NFL. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, you. man. Hey, Turp fans. This is Cheryl
2: Harrison, executive director of the Terrapin Club, here to tell you basketball season is right around the corner. Join the Maryland basketball programs for an exciting home schedule featuring premier
0: matchups against the nation's best. Visit umterps.com or call 1-800-I'M-A-TERP
2: to purchase your season tickets today.
0: We're back here on Hear the Turtle with Maryland running back Ty Johnson. Ty, appreciate you giving us some time. Thank you for having me. So first of all, I think we know we're we're the preeminent football crop top jersey style podcast. Can we make that claim? Yeah, why not? Okay, after talking about that with Josh Woods, it's getting a little cold now, though. Do you keep the tra- crop top going in the winter months? I
3: don't know. I'm going to try. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it gets pretty cold out, so we'll see. Um, you know, got a game this week. It's supposed to be, uh, saw it might be raining or something. Yeah. So I don't know. It's supposed to be like 50 some degrees. I was like, mm. I don't know about that. But uh, we'll see when we get there.
0: Might have to keep it a little bit warmer. Who wears the crop top the best? Definitely me. There you go. Yeah, there you go, obviously. I love yeah. the confidence, love. But besides that, besides the style, um, you've had, obviously, a great career here at Maryland, a great year this year, and you come from sort of a, a place in Maryland that's a little bit smaller, Cumberland, Maryland, up in Western Maryland. Um, what's it like to be from a town that that's close, that is that is that close-knit? I can't even talk, that, that is that close-knit.
3: It's just, it kind of creates the kind of player you are, you know, um, just with being involved with the community and it being like a football city, football town, like, it's just amazing, and, you know, you learn how to be a team player there and everything because uh, there's not many guys that go to uh, Fort Hill. You know, there's about 750 kids that go to a school that's boys and girls. So um, you got a team about of uh, 50 players, and you just learn how to be a team player and contribute wherever you can.
0: What is it like f- in those high school rivalries? You talk about Fort Hill, a small school, but I don't think people know lot of people going to those games. Those are big rivalry yeah, yeah. games. Describe those games and how that helped you prepare for, you know, big intense crowds in college.
3: Definitely just being able to like sound out the crowd. Um, Fort Hill's actually doing their arrival homecoming game this week. Ooh. And, um, every single year that homecoming game, there's about 5,000 fans there and it gets pretty loud. So, you know, at the college level, there's more fans, obviously, <laughs> but, um, it definitely trains you to kind of, uh, you know, sound out the noise and just focus on what you need to do at every play.
1: Now, um, at Fort Hill, you kind of had to jumpstart your recruiting process yourself. I mean, watching that BTN, the journey clips, I'm, I'm sure a lot of fans saw. You know, you're at your local library sending out r- recruiting letters. Did you always have that sense, that, that belief that, you know, I, I can do this, and this is going to happen for me. Or, or were you really relying around, you know, relying on the people around you and some external factors to to make your D1 dreams come true?
3: Um, I didn't know how to take it at first. You know, I was like, I don't know if I can. You know, it was just like the negative was kind of creeping in on me because um, i was a sophomore, and I was uh, I think I was a sophomore, and you know, you hear Dylan Moses who had all the. Uh, offers as, like, an eighth grader, seventh grader and everything. And I was just like, what's going on here? um, (laughs) So it definitely uh, took a toll on me on my, like, mental state. But um, as I started talking, they like, keeping uh, good people around me, like my head coach, Coach Apple, and everything. And my mom, just positive people, people that believed in me. You know, it kind of changed my mind. So, yeah, I can do this. And just my work ethic and everything, I was like, you know what, I can compete with guys that get, you know, Power 5 schools and all this. I was like, so – I'm going to do whatever it takes to get myself out there. So here I am.
0: Your coach at Fort Hill talked about how you always hit the home run there. You now hit the home run here. My question is, what do you have against just a five-yard run? Why does that have to be an 80-yard run? Why can't you just, you know, get it in increments?
3: Um, I mean, I've done that recently. I've done that recently. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything wrong with it. Um, a lot of my favorite runs have actually been, you know, 10 or less yards just because of, like, the physicality that – um that I display because many people just think I'm, you know, just a speed guy. But being able to just cram up between an A gap and everything, lower my shoulders, and you know, essentially go through a guy and get another two yards falling forward, you know, that's my type of uh, favorite runs because it just shows, you know, I'm just more than a speed guy.
0: What's it like though when you're out in that space and you know it's going all the way? That's a feeling I think a lot of people would like when you know you've beaten that last guy and it's going to be a score on a long run like that. What are you even thinking?
3: I'm just like, let me hurry up and get this in. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always, uh, sometimes I tend to, if you look at pictures or everything, I tend to uh, look at the scoreboard to see if anyone's still behind me. Um, I always look up, because keep <laughs> looking up. But um, like what goes in my head is just let me hurry up and score so I can sit down. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> Let's just get this over with. Let me go celebrate with my team and you know, I'm going to get some water. And I'll just wait till the next time. <laughs>
1: Take me back to that that first game. You go through the recruiting process. You get to Maryland. Your season debut. Your career debut in college. Run for eighty three yards. What was it like? You know, coming off the field that day uh, after you know that first game.
3: It was amazing. Um, I remember scoring my first touchdown. It was only like a one yard option. But um, I remember coming off the sideline and Coach Wilt. He uh, recruited me and everything. A former coach here. He was just imagine how happy mom is right now. And I was just like, I was just all smiles and everything. because it was my first you know, college touchdown and all the, you know, the time and the sacrifices to just be able to be a part of the team alone was just significant. So, you know, I was very, uh, very happy and, you know, I was, I was feeling like a superstar that day. So I was just like, I don't care if I only had like, you know, 83 yards or whatever. I was like, I feel good today.
0: And being able to do not only that, but what you've done since then close to home, what has that been like with your family being able to see or your friends? Is there something to that, that that you've really enjoyed being able to perform in front of you know all your hometown people? Here oh, in definitely
3: um, I get messages every week on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram of like people I've never met saying, hey wow, um, I'm coming to the you know the game this week. Um, I'll be at this away game. Um, I was a Fort Hill season ticket holder and everything and I love watching you play there so I'm gonna come down and see you play now. And um, it's amazing, Um, you get like all this, you know, support from people I've never even talked to and it's just nice and people taking times out of their day to come see me, you know, it just means a lot and just being able to play in front of my mom, you know, that's always great. Um, She can easily get down here, I can easily get home if I need to and it's just a great feeling to be close and, you know, have family and supporters just be able to come and see me.
1: Tie, two years in the system under Coach Tucker and Coach Bell. What have you learned from them? How do you feel like you've grown uh, under them now uh, in these two years?
3: Uh, I definitely feel that my uh, football IQ is definitely, you know, shot through the roof. Um, it's just simple stuff, you know. It's just stuff that you really don't think about. And it's crazy, like, when you talk to them, like, they just point it out. And then it goes, like, you know, it stays with you, you know. You retain that information and then, like, um, against uh, Minnesota with the time management before the field goal, before halftime. You know, they were saying, we need to get down, we need to get down. And, you know, right when he said we need to get past the 35 and we ran inside zone play, right when I hit the 35, it just clicked in my head, you know, just slide down. And it's just playing smart, you know. Um, I can't really explain it, just so much, you know, little things outside of, you know, just running the ball and everything that, you know, pick things about like field control and stuff like me running a, a swing as fast as I can to the numbers to open it up, you know, uh, a hitch route or a post corner um, for an outside receiver. You know, it's just little things like that, and it's just amazing when you think about it.
0: Talking about Coach Tucker, well, how tight-knit is that running back room? You guys have so much talent in there. It's kind of incredible. I mean, you have the three guys that play the most, you, Lolo, and Jake, but then you have all those freshman guys that are equally just as talented and will be, be great in the future. Do you guys just sort of compete with each other and that make you all better? How Describe sort of the the environment in that room.
3: It's definitely always going to be um, competitive. You know, you always want to be the guy who gets on the field and everything like that, but it's – um. Like a brotherhood, like any other team, any other position group, um, we can talk to each other, be like, Hey, you missed this, or whatever. We make fun of each other sometimes, you know. Um, like one time, I got blown up, uh, it was a, <laughs> Max pulled the ball, and I got blown up by the DN, and they could start busting out laughing. I was like, Yeah, I took the hit for y'all, like, all that but um, it's great, you know. Um, you just have a group of guys that just want to play and everything. Like when we go to practice, we're having fun, we're laughing. Um, if someone like I remember, Jake just Last week we were doing this uh, bag drill and he fell and hit all the bags and just like rolled over. I just dropped there dying laughing and you know, it was just having fun and everything. So um, the running back group, we always keep it fun and everything fun. And when it comes down to business, you know, we can lock in and we work.
1: Ty, we had uh, and Ngakwe on the podcast when he was here for homecoming this past weekend. And I guess what does it feel like to know like local, see a local guy, a former teammate having success at the next level? What kind of inspiration does that give you?
3: It's great, you know, it gets to tell you that um, he's just opening doors for more players that, you know, Maryland that want to go to the next level that, you know, their last year of eligibility, you know, it's possible. And when they see someone like him who, getting all these sacks, all these tackles and everything, they're like, dang, Maryland produces great players. And you've seen him in person, like he's physically like a, like genetically like mutant, like he's huge, like he's just bigger than everyone else. He and
0: towered like, over me and Keith put together. Yeah,
3: like, I remember I went to and cut him once in uh, my freshman year, and he just, like, tossed me. I was like, oh, okay. That's like I, was, I was just like, all right. I mean, I was, like, 180, but it was like, it's whatever. I tried. And I was like, I'm not going to go head on with him, so I'm trying something. But, um, you know, when you see a guy like that just put on for Maryland, you know, it's just opens up doors. It opens up, you know, other guys' eyes. It opens up prospects you recruits and everything be like hey I play that position see what he's doing. that's what Maryland did for him you know let me go to Maryland so it just opens up doors for everything really.
0: So we know the job of a running back many times is to give credit to the guys up front the big offensive line so we wanted to learn a little bit more about the offensive line from you so we had a couple of rapid fire questions for you to answer first which offensive lineman is the most likely to get a third plate of food? Brennan Moore. Brennan Moore there you go. Most likely to make you laugh. Durant Gray, most likely to be the first to have your back in a scuffle.
3: Damian Prince.
0: All right. All right. Uh, I would. Uh, I would not I, want to face Damian would, in a scuffle. Would, that dude you know, is huge. And I'd
3: have to yeah, say Sean Christie too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 I'm that's sure all, all of them would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of them. You'd want all of them on your back. Yeah. yeah.
1: Most likely to not wear sleeves in freezing temperatures. Brandon
0: Moore. You got yeah. the Texas. Texas uh, guy. a Little surprise. Texas guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most likely to win a forty. maybe the slowest 40 you can come up with, but who's going to win it? Who's going to take it?
3: Either between Duran Gray and Brennan Moore. And
0: then a mile, a mile run. Maybe even tougher than the 40.
3: (laughs) Dang. I don't want to put them through that trouble. (laughs) All
1: right, last one. Most likely to be in front of the mirror.
3: Duran Gray. There you go, yeah. Derwin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seems like a dive. multi-talented guy. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, and then we'll get you out of here on some rapid fire just generally. First of all, and the toughest question we're going to ask, who's got the cutest dog on the team?
3: Oh, me. No doubt? Yeah, I have the cutest dog. Describe I've, for the listeners who I've don't know your dog, dog, what yeah. kind of dog? Uh, St. Bernard Husky. Uh, oh, named, that's him. Uh, Cassius Clay after Muhammad Ali. Ooh. Uh, so, um, okay. He's the greatest, okay. you know Oh, yeah. He, uh, white, you know, brown, black, uh, Great dog. He can speak. I taught him how to speak and everything, and do oh, all wow. the like basic tricks, like you know, sit down, roll over. But how big? How big? We talking there? Uh, he's 82 pounds. Whoa. So okay. You know, he's a year and six months, but so he might do a little more growing before his next birthday. But um, it is what it is.
0: That's a big time dog.
1: Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I'm. Not, I don't want to cross that dog in a scuffle. I do not. <laughs> uh, best place to eat in
1: College Park?
3: Hmm. <sighs> Bobby's Burgers. Bobby's Burgers. Uh, there you, there go. you go. Okay. What are you What are
1: you going with there? Once you go to I always
3: get the Palace uh, Classic with chips on it, and I always get a milkshake. So they always have like a month uh, uh, okay. milkshake of the month. So I always, you know, see what they're working with, and I get that.
0: We're getting a lot more diverse answers on that now. We kept getting Chipotle, and uh, then last the last too. week Josh gave us America's Best Wings. That's, that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that's and, like and now long. you've given us Bobby's Burgers. Palace So we're we're going. Uh, your NFL idol growing up?
3: Clint Portis. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. A couple good
0: years. Favorite uniform
3: combo? Definitely the throwback. This yeah. Day. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. I, really, I really enjoyed those. It was a really your nice.
0: favorite in, in all your time here? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, and then final one, we ask this to everybody, your bucket list sporting event you'd like to attend?
3: Hmm.
1: Outside of football. Yeah. We, of, obviously the, the Super Bowl, Bowl, Bowl Yeah,
0: Yeah, playing the yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Bowl, yeah.
3: Well, that's a hard one. There's... I definitely like to see the Olympics, like you know, the 100 meter in person. Mm, uh, yeah, and probably. Um, Were you a track guy in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Was. Okay. Okay. Um. Definitely. Maybe. Um. I don't know. There's, a, there's like a few of them. Like I would like to see like some like Winter X Games or something like that. oh nice, like, nice. The, the snowboarding like the big jump whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be that'd be nice. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's,
0: I don't know how those guys do that. Yeah, it's,
3: I don't know. It's, that, that's a whole different. That's a whole different stratosphere. Yeah, a yeah. yeah. whole yeah. different
0: yeah. level like of yeah. of you have to have in your brain to be mm-hmm. able to put <laughs> yourself in front of a lot of snow. Definitely. But there you go. The Winter X Games. Hopefully, we can continue to play into the winter. Yes. Here, at Maryland football get to a bowl game. Rutgers this weekend tie. You've had a great career. Thank you for joining us. I uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Ty. Keith, I think the Winter X Games is the most interesting answer we've got to that question so I, far. I
1: have a new bucket list sporting event I want to attend. I would I, love to go to the Winter X I, Games. I agree with
0: you. I mean, the, the you get the snowboarding, which is crazy. Everybody's doing things that I would never do. The
1: snowmobile, the flip, the snowmobile. The snowmobile, snowmobile
0: flipping is, is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how... Those guys are insane.
1: Yeah, that's you know something I would love to witness in person. Never been. So maybe one one day, me and you, out there. Are you a ski guy? Do you ever ski?
0: Uh, I've only skied about twice in my life. I was okay at skiing. I was okay at ski. I actually like snow tubing.
1: Ah, that's really fun because you don't really
0: have to do anything.
1: I'll I'll be on my side of the mountain hitting the slopes. You can be. I'll be with
0: all like the eight year old kids (laughs) who can't ski. And then I was really bad at snowboarding. So, but maybe you can teach me.
1: Yeah, I can teach you a couple things. Well, hopefully
0: we can we can figure that out at some point. Hopefully it's around the time our football teams making a bowl in the winter. Maybe, maybe it'll be around there. But football, as we said, continues on against Rutgers this Saturday, but not the only thing that's happening on Saturday for Maryland wrestling
1: wrestling is back taylor you're right uh and originally it was supposed to be that that duel in the bronx in in yankee stadium it seems like it's still uh you know is going to be an outdoor thing which would be fantastic but yeah no it is an exciting time of year for, for that group as well um and some some big time returners coming for that team they had four guys make the ncaa tournament last season three of those uh you know, student-athletes are back this year. Uh, Yusuf Hamida will, will be a name to watch. The Almost he- an
0: All-American last that's year.
1: That's right. One uh, point away, uh, you know, a couple points away from from making it to that, that All-America round. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be an exciting guy to watch this season. Has really just gotten better every step of the way, you know, trading under head coach Kerry McCoy uh, for the Maryland wrestling program. So, you know, he'll be an exciting guy to watch early on. And then another name to look out for is Ryan Deal at 141 pounds. Um, you know, he really came in and had a great big 10 tournament last season took out three ranked opponents while he was there um in assembly hall at the university of indiana and uh you know he'll again be a really exciting wrestler to watch he scores a lot of points he goes for moves he, he really tries to stay active so uh you know uh, listen i was never the biggest wrestling guy before i came here before i started covering the team and, and i caught the bug you know big time I, you have you your, and me both keith yeah you know I,
0: you 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 came after me as the wrestling yes. media relations person and both of us have had this discussion that it is a sport you have n- no idea how to watch When you initially see it, you're like, what is going on? And then once you watch it, especially at a high level, and you and I both watch a lot of Big Ten wrestling, which is the best in the country, and it's not close, it is very entertaining to watch at a high level. And the one thing Maryland wrestling has continued to try to do is try to establish itself in just was an absolute grinder of a conference season when you have to face Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa. All these teams, Ohio State, that are in contention to win the, not the Big Ten title, the national team title every year. So, that's continues to be tough, but it, it really is an entertaining sport, and I encourage people to come out and watch it as Maryland tries to compete in the Big Ten as we go forward here. It, it should be very interesting.
1: You know, absolutely. You, you hear about March Madness all the time, but Matt Madness, Matt Madness. Is, is just as exciting. Uh, you know, during their t- championship season in March.
0: It really, really is. So those guys get their season underway, another season uh, to start, and we had women's basketball had an exhibition, so they've sort of gotten their feet wet. Now they had their media day, and today, well, I guess. Yesterday, when you're listening to this, Tuesday we had men's basketball media day.
1: Uh, just another, you know, great event to have members of the local media out here at the Xfinity Center talking about the team and, and coach Turgeon is you know as excited as ever you know once again he loves the team he has in front of him, and you know he's just been talking about the versatility of this group you, you, you bring back Anthony Cowan you bring back Kevin Herter you bring back Justin Jackson that fantastic of freshmen now sophomores here but you know it, it really is you know gonna be an exciting year to see these new guys come in Bruno Fernando the transfer Sean Obi uh, from Duke and, and Daryl Morsell uh, the other freshman from from Mount St. Joe High School right here in Baltimore and, and it'll be interesting just to see what they can do and it's a team he's excited about a team that you know he really stressed uh that that practices hard that works hard that he doesn't really have to to get on you know to practice hard it's something that just just comes naturally to them.
0: Yeah absolutely that's going to be a really really entertaining team to watch I think and you talk about these freshman guys and and Bruno Fernando, Dara Morsell, I stood next to both of them as they were doing interviews today. And they both just have a very nice confidence about them. They you know, they always use that line, they don't seem like freshmen, but man, Bruno Fernando just owns a room. And when a guy owns a room like that in a situation, these guys don't do this when you're in high school. You don't no. do these things. And you can sometimes get a window into how a team is. And those two guys especially stuck out to me. As did Kevin Herter and Anthony Cowan, who seems like they had a little bit of this edge about him, and not in a bad way. Like, they really had come into their own as leaders and players. Justin Jackson had the same feel. And really, those guys just, you know, they're joking around with each other. You saw D.N. Wiley and Jared Dickens joking around with each other. A team that likes each other. And Mark Turgeon had that look in his eye when I said, I like my team. And we've seen that before. He's, that's a line he uses when he really does like his team. And I think this is a group he's going to enjoy coaching. And I think Maryland fans are going to enjoy watching.
1: Absolutely. And hey, listen, man, they're, they're getting going as well. This Thursday, November 2nd, they're going to have their first exhibition here, at the Xfinity Center at randolph Macon and before you know it it's going to be November 10th and it's going to be Maryland versus Stony Brook in the season opener.
0: And obviously we'll be covering basketball walled the wall to walls. They go through their season both the men and the women. No Maryland fans or it's a, they say it's a basketball school and 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 people care about their hoops here and we're, we're going to be talking about it. We'll obviously have, you know, coach Turgeon and coach Freeze on and all the different particulars from men's and women's basketball. We'll we'll get them on here and ask them stuff.
1: If you didn't already, <laughs> you didn't already know, November is the busiest time in, in college athletics. At I know. November and March. It, you it, and
0: I have been running around to about 100 different things today.
1: And, and I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. As Taylor. we tape
0: at 1 a.m. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not taping at 1 a.m. But it, it, it's certainly a fun time, especially if, if football can get a W this weekend. I think Maryland fans will feel good. You have a bunch of different other things going on. We talked about field hockey, the Big Ten Championships. Men's soccer gets their Big Ten Championship underway at 1 o'clock. Ludwig Field on Sunday. That's a game Turf fans should come out for. Volleyball hits the road as they continue to try to strive to get to the big ten uh you know excuse me the NCAA championships they go through no big ten tournament in volleyball um so they will end there but a lot of exciting things going on here at Maryland Athletics we'll just keep on rolling Keith Uh, I'm I'm
1: strapped in and ready to go it's uh it's going to be an exciting year man
0: absolutely but we'll end then that will end our show today here the turtle another week thank you for joining us uh we had Ty Johnson Yannick and Gakwe appreciate their time fun interviews with them make sure to follow us on social media at heartheturtle on Twitter, at heartheturtle on Instagram, sneds311 on Twitter, and is your Venmo open, Keith? Venmo's open. The Venmo Sned. is open. Sneds311 is Sneds311. Wow, yeah. Send Keith money, and <laughs> my 10 for me. I don't know if that's Venmo or not, but it's definitely Twitter, and we'll see you next
3: week. Go Terps.